Yep. What's up, everybody? This is Carlos Smith bringing you another episode of Cross the Line. This is the Back to School giveaway episode. Real quick, I want to thank everybody who's been tuning in every week. Thank you for the love and support and the great feedback. Um, in this episode, I will be seeing one, one of my friends, Jeff Wilkins, who was a great friend and mentor to me when I was at USC Upstate. Um, he's always welcomed me with open arms. Um, I really enjoy my time sitting down with him. He'll be giving you some tips on how to get a car, build your credit, and also it's a chance to learn more about him as well. Now, just to give you a quick rundown on how you can win again, you have to listen to the episode and somewhere in there I will stop it and give you keywords on how to win the book bags as well as the gift cards. So make sure you pay attention, listen to it. And once you get the correct answer, all you have to do is inbox me or give me some kind of form of communication and let me know that you have the correct answer. And then we'll have to select the winner. So that's how you'll receive the gift cards and as well as the book bag. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and once again, I have another special guest. We've stayed in touch over the past years, and um, while I was at Upstate, he was one of my mentors, and he always showed me love, welcomed me with open arms, and today I'm sitting with Mr. Jeff Wilkins. How you doing? What's going on, Mr. Carlos? I'm doing pretty good. It's finally good to see you again. It's been a while. It's a, it's a blessing, man. Proud of everything I'm seeing from you. I, I'm seeing you on the social media, seeing you... Do what you uh, started doing when I seen you, and uh, man, the sky's the limit, bro. Absolutely, just trying to stay humble, stay grind, stay grounded, and just keep moving. You know, it's it's a long process, but you know, just sticking to it, and and you know, good things will come. But starting off, let's um, give I'm gonna give the people a little bit of a, a background of how we actually met. Um, I was actually it was my senior year at USC Upstate. And I wanted to do an internship and do some community service and different things like that. So I actually got into the Salvation Army and was helping volunteering with the football league. How how did you start off um, getting involved with it? Uh, long story short is, um, man, I was doing security mm-hmm. at, uh, at Adidas at that time. And to make this crazy is no matter what, I was always doing my poetry and art shows. Even though I was doing security at third shift, my grind was on the bigger things. I was always cutting my own tickets for my poetry shows, doing poetry, getting seen out. And what a lot of people didn't know is every Sunday at Westgate Mall, I would do a talk show at the food court. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew this. I mean, people that's getting they about to get some real intel on this thing. Okay. But, uh Make it long story short was it was a it was called poetry and debate where you would have a nice set where people go back and forth and a lady heard me there from this talk show and we were doing our thing and uh, she came up to me and said I got a group of kids that you got to talk in front of and and mm-hmm. her, her her name was Miss uh, Miss Candy uh, Ferguson and she said you got to meet these kids you got to meet these kids so I'm like okay. Uh, if God willing, you know, you, you saying I need to meet these kids. Well, guess what? Say no more. I'm going to go meet them. And it was at the Salvation Army to where I met these kids. And uh, we started slowly. And it wasn't easy, but we slowly started incorporating um, spoken word with, with a group of kids one day a week. I only mm-hmm. had one day off, and that was Tuesdays. And on Tuesdays, we would uh, hang out with these kids we and they got to express themselves. It's crazy what teenagers will tell you. 
do poetry, do rap, do lyrics. And uh, next thing I know, uh, I got a phone call while I was doing security of the captain over the Salvation Army said, I want to have lunch with you. Never mm-hmm. met this man a day in my life. And he said, I don't need a resume. I want to make you my executive director wow. at lunch. And I'm like, if God placed that in you, you can't you can't fight against God. What who am I to resist? Uh, I'd say a month later, uh, at 30 years old, executive director of the Salvation Army, based off of my passion to do something while I was working, doing something completely the opposite. Wow, that's that's amazing. And the thing is, it kind of made me think back to something I saw earlier. Um, well, it was actually during the uh, combine. And, uh, you know, Shaquem Griffin was doing his combine. And he had, the, uh, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. have, only has one hand. And uh, somebody posted a picture. It was this lady and her daughter were watching the combine, watching him bench press. So her daughter goes and draws a picture of him doing the bench press with his uh, with the arm. And um, Rich Eisen posted a picture and said, you're truly inspiring people. He said, this is amazing because you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. And just to see how you were doing your your show that you said a lot of people may not even know about, but somebody was watching you at that time and just welcome you with an opportunity yeah. and see how that blossomed into something else. So that's amazing to see how, like, you like you never know who's watching. And you never truly, know. And that's truly a blessing, man. That was, that was well, amazing. One of my models is uh, I've done a lot of events, but I will always tell you, man, even when it's, if it's 300 people, 500 people, 30 people, 10 people, they came to see you. Mm-hmm. So when you got about five, six people, man, some shows you're going to have, you know, you may have a few people who just didn't come out, but you bring it. Absolutely. You bring it every show. You treat it like this five because that's preparing you for a bigger stage. So it, it, it this, this lets me learn. You bring it because somebody is telling somebody about you. Absolutely. And it's the thing is you want them always to say, man, that guy brings it no matter what. Absolutely. So how, how long were you actually there? How much time did you spend at Salvation Army? Do you know how long? Remember? I was there for about two years. Okay. I was there for about two years until uh, my next transition. You know, just don't, don't, don't ask me what went in my mind. But something just told me when I when I left the center, I went to manage the uh, the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all of a sudden, something just told me that on my day off to have my uh, my my sister in law to uh, watch my son, and I just happened to walk over to this car dealership. And what makes it crazy is I didn't know they were interviewing. Something just told me to walk in there, and I met the general manager there on the spot. It took me to the back, and what was funny was they probably looked at him when he said he wanted to hire somebody with a background from the Salvation Army. Probably looked at him very strange. Like, <laughs> you don't get people from nonprofits or in this background, but within my first year there, I was the number one Nissan salesman uh, in, the, in the district for South Carolina. Um, I was doing like 48 units, uh, average of 90 days. So what that did was, you can't really judge a background, but most of the time I'd say my background was what helped me because I came from a background of helping people. Mm-hmm. And when people buy a car, they're really not buying a car, you're, you're helping them. Absolutely. You're helping them get somewhere. You're helping them with their lifestyle, make it to work, go to doctor, visit family. So I kind of put that whole approach into 
my career now. That was, that was I have some questions about with selling cars as well. But um, what would you say is that one thing that big characteristic that easily helped you transition from Salvation Army to selling cars? Well, you're really not selling a car. You're really selling yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. People go and spend God knows how much time over the internet looking at prices. Most of them already know more about the car before you came to the car because they're thinking about putting that car in their driveway. Mm-hmm. So when you come there, it's it's how fast. It's, it's trust, but it's also report. A lot of people talk about building rapport in any business-to-business, face-to-face uh, job. You have to build rapport. You can't just go straight from the to buy this car. Why should I buy this car? Why should I buy this advertising? Why should I buy this house from you? Why? It's so many things that you can buy. There's a million Nissan dealerships. There's a million dealerships around here. But the thing is, is you need to find their needs. If you're not finding what the person needs, you're missing the number one thing to close. It's, it's by listening. You can talk and sell a car all day. But what if you don't realize that? The person that's buying the car may have a physical handicap, and you and you're not looking at that. You're looking at the next deal. What if the car is technically not for them? It's for a daughter. What if the person that's needing the car needs the needs a truck because mm-hmm. they actually have to tow a certain amount, or they need this much cargo or whatnot? Until you listen to them and find out, yeah, it's going to be for me, but I'm going to give this car to my daughter who's 15. You can break down by listening to them. You need to find out that first no. When a client tells you no, that no is a truth on why they won't buy. Mm-hmm. Everything else may be smoking mirrors, but when they tell you why they're not buying, that, 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 that no is when you need to listen and engage why wouldn't you buy this car. That's when you go to work. But uh, it's definitely building, building rapport, caring about people, treating everybody with respect is the number Absolutely. one rule in anything. Is 100%. Mm-hmm. Respect is it. If you get respect and you treat everybody regardless of what they got on, how they look, you treat a client with respect, that goes a long way if they don't buy from you. They're mm-hmm. going to send you mm-hmm. people and say, I can buy a car from him because of my situation, but you know, when I get my money right, I'm going to come see you or just that person you showed the decency regardless if their clothes are dirty. You, you, you send them on a test drive and let them sit in the car. That's as far as probably what the other people didn't even get them that far. And guess what? They're going to tell people, like, you got to go see this guy named Jeff, man. He's a good dude. That already sold your car. Absolutely. Yep. I was going to say it's all about how you respect people and treat people because if you make somebody feel welcoming and treat them nicely, then I'm, absolutely they're going to go back and tell somebody else about you. Mm-hmm. And then word goes on and on, and, and, that's, and that's a big thing. Also, something else about selling cars. Um, the thing I wanted to know was when when you go to sell a car, what is the thing that people need to know when they go out to buy one? Okay, I'd like to do, for instance, if they check out my Jeff and the Car Buying Experience page, I like to always drop tips out there. And the main thing I would recommend people do is be honest with your salesperson. If you went through something, if this is... It lets the salesperson know what banks they may need to shoot for or what type of approval we need. When people say, um, you know, they work somewhere, um, if you just started that job, 
let us know. Don't lie on it because if we need to prove that income, we need to be exact on it. Or if you work at a temp agency, tell us it's a temp agency. You know, don't mm-hmm. say you work at BMW because you don't. When we showed it to the bank, it's going to show, uh, you know, a, a MAU or it's going to show, you know, if you're working through, you know, if you're working at Adidas, don't say you work at Adidas. You work through this agency here. It's nothing against just saying that it needs to match up. So, you know. Do you think they do it, not to cut you off, do you think those people do that because they feel like if they tell you that they work at BMW, it may help them get a better yes, deal on a car yes. or something? Yes, I think it sounds better, and it's not about what sounds better. It's about what what you can prove. So mm-hmm. the reason I'm saying this is, is you may get some people, and I'm, and I'm going to be honest here, it's like, you gotta let your salesperson know because at the end, all your deceptions will show when it comes time. If you tell us you live here, but you don't, like if your if your driver's license say one thing, but you live with this person, it's all about where you get your mail at. Let's say I get this approval, mm-hmm. and now when I come time for where we're actually sending the um, the registration, and everything at. If that doesn't match that light, it looks like we're lying to the bank. So my biggest thing is be honest with your salesperson. Bring your most recent paycheck stubs. Bring your paycheck stubs. Bring a utility bill. But don't bring a utility bill that's overdue or saying, you know, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things that it's about because it has to look good if you were taking something that said it, the power's about to be cut off. It's not going to work because you're going to see, why would I finance this guy if they can't pay this? And now they're getting ready to get a $30,000 car versus or whatnot. So the biggest thing is, I would say is, be honest with your salesperson. If there's a situation, lay the situation out because we're going to fight to everything that we have in our ability to get you approved. But we just don't want to get caught blindsided by, I don't have my license. You know how many people say, after they get approved, I don't have my license, but they give you a permit. There are certain banks that may approve you with the permit, mm-hmm. but you didn't let me know that. So we went to another bank that you have to have your license with. So that's what it's about is if we built a report we're supposed to build, maybe, you you, you know, you, you feel open to telling me more. But if you don't have that trust, then maybe I missed somewhere down the line. Maybe yourself, because that, man, I, I can't tell them, but... A lot of times is we need to know everything that we can help you. Do you try to tell people, um, when they give you a little information about them, do you try to tell people not to live above their means? Like if you know their situation or do you just try to stay out the way and let them get what they want? Or do you try to let, encourage them, you know, don't necessarily live above your means? Because, you know, of course, That's a good question. Uh, because everybody knows well they shouldn't they need to know that cars lose value over time anyway yes sir so do you try to let them know not to live above their means well it's it's one of those things and me they 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 call me i go into the term what's called a consumer advocate it's not good to be one but i am now the consumer advocate is somebody who sympathizes with their customer a lot of these guys are cutthroat they don't care you're a person coming in they're there to make that check off. You cut your head off and just make money and mm-hmm. hope that you never ever see them again. They probably won't be at the same dealership again. Me, I've been at my dealership for the longest tenure there. I've been there five years at one dealership is a unicorn. They consider that rare, and that's the only place I've been. Mm-hmm. 
What I will tell you is, is um, the main thing is, is a lot of people, it can be their upbringing, it can be their personality, it can be them that some people are humble, some people are just happy and want to be blessed to get into a car. Mm -hmm. Some people want to show off for people that they don't even like. That's a fact. Some people mm -hmm. want to get into a car and they already vision, you know, the, the, the world of how everybody's going to look at it. So my thing is, what do you do when you get that person who doesn't want to hear you try to help them? You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some people can take the help where I love the people I get where, man, you know, I don't even think I'm going to be able to get a car. I don't even think that I'm going to need a co-signer and you make this thing happen. And they're, they're grateful. I remember I had one lady who took a bus to come see me. Wow. I remember that. You know, that rapport we built over the phone was enough trust that she's like, man, trust me, everything you tell me, just come in here. And when this lady took a bus here, I met her at the bus stop and brought her to me. But those are situations when you see tears roll down their eyes when they get That's approved me. because they needed somebody to take a chance on them. But you can take that same person who get approved and be like, nah, I don't like that color. You mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Like, you mm -hmm. know, and that same person that came to you could have said, man, I I'm tired of walking to work. But you put them in this car, and it's not the car that they liking or they feel they're going to get accepted by. And it's, it can be a brand new car, but it can be a tiny car, a car with a stick, your roll-up windows versus they was walking to say, nah, man, I got to have that car with the wheels on it. I want, the, I want yeah. the rims. And now what happened to that same person that was in front of them? Mm -hmm. That person no longer there. But they would rather go to a buy here, pay here, and get uh, a Mustang or a Charger that has a salvage title then take a new car that is a small uglier car but it's a brand new bumper to bumper warranty that's covered but they'll go to get that approval on that car that looks good so it's kind of it's a part of the business but you do have good people and you got some people who once they get approved they, they we call it buyer's muscles mm -hmm. and, they, and they go out so you really hope that people can get it. Some people you just can't. You can't help. Them. And 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 I've got to the point now. It's, it's crazy because it it does seem like a lot of people try to they do they live above their means to get accepted by others. And to me, what really got me was actually my first car I ever bought was a 2007 Toyota Camry. And once I paid it off a few months later, I wrecked it and totaled it. So then I had to go back and get another car. <laughs> And I got a 2002 Acura, and it almost has a, almost 200,000 miles okay. on it now. But now I'm just like, you know, for me, if anything ever happened again, I'm like, I, you know, I don't care. I tell people anytime, man, if, if you have a car right now and it's paid off, just keep it. Yes. Because they, they just, all they do is lose value. And, it, and to me, it's like you just put poor money into a car that's going to eventually tear up because you're going, it's going to have wear and tear. You're going to have right. maintenance on it. So if you have something, you know, just ride it until you need to have something. I mean, it's nothing wrong with having nice things, but don't go overboard and try to live above your means. Well, well, I'm going to piggyback off that because it's, cause it's, two, it's, it's two things. Now, having a reliable car is one thing, but you do, if you have a car that, let's say once a car gets a certain age or a certain condition to where it prohibits you from feeling comfortable, Right. From being able to, to, to go visit your family in Charleston or go visit some family you got, like when you have, once you start to be like, this car starting to do this or you got to compensate like, man, the heater or the AC, I got to do it. When it jeopardizes, especially when you got, you have like, some families grow in mm -hmm. size, they get married, they go through different things. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is, um, as the African American community doesn't realize, leasing is powerful. A lot of people don't understand the purpose of leasing because our parents told us we need to own everything. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a whole different tutorial lesson. I can break down how when people make mistakes, like you said, a lot of people are buying BMWs, pre-owned Mercedes. Like you really can't tell the difference between a BMW that's a 2015 from a 17 or the way they make them now. When somebody buys a pre-owned car and they bring in negative equity because they didn't stay in their previous car. Let's say most people, how many people stay in their their loans the full time? Most people, they buy a car, they're trading out within three years. You shouldn't be trading out of a car in two and a half years. You know how many people buy a car within a year and three months? You can't do that because it just depreciated. It just took a depreciation. Mm -hmm. So what I do with a lot of people is, you know, if people have that buying, some people just like it's their creatures of habit, they always change. If you're always changing cars, you need to lease. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to break that down. If you lease three years, 36000 you 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 go pick out another car. But usually families, married couples who have one car that's paid for, those should be the people lease because there's a car you can put the miles on. And then there's that car you like to show off when on Saturdays, mm-hmm. Sundays. And flip out, but if you bought a car and you made a mistake, guess what I'm gonna tell you to do? Don't repeat the same cycle. I'm gonna tell you to lease out of that car because when you get 52 something more months left, I'm gonna get you out of a car by leasing another car for 36 months and you get to start back over. And it's like you never made that mistake. And I say, don't do it again. Now you get to start back at zero because you're handing in keys and we mm-hmm. absorb this other car. But People are creatures of habit, and you just got to finally, you know, show people you got to quit getting out of these cars because you're right. When you drive over the lot, it's going to depreciate. But if you go pre-owned, it won't depreciate as much because somebody already took the, the big hit. So helping people, it goes through helping. It goes through them seeing the process. Of, Man, I keep doing this to myself. Yeah, every time you keep getting out of these cars, you're, you're, you're setting yourself back. Right. So sometimes it's putting the paper Showing people, man, it may be better for you to stay in this car. It really ain't that bad after all, is it? Mm-hmm. But if your car starts to jeopardize your health, your safety, you start thinking you may you may end up being late to your job because you don't know that's when it's time to get yeah, in the car. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But back to uh, leasing a little bit. You know, when I looked at leasing, it, I was like, you know, I'd rather just buy the habit of mine because if you're leasing, it's like it's never yours. It's never so yours. So it's like you're just you constantly spending money over and over and over. Okay. For something that's not yours. So think about this. Think about this. Mm-hmm. When you have a loan in a car, you still don't have that title to this paper. Mm-hmm. It's right. still not yours. If you look at either way, when you get when you got people who okay, I'm a, I'm gonna buy this car. I'm going to your interest rate on the lease is better because you're only paying for them. It's kind of like uh, houses buying a house versus an apartment. You're using that apartment. For a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing applies to leasing. Some people aren't ready to buy a house yet. They're not ready to commit to a house yet. Mm-hmm. Take the same rule with leasing. Like, I'm not ready to commit to a car and deal with negative equity. Because if if the majority of 70% of people that are buying a car, they are trading out of that car within three, four years anyway. They don't own the car, but now they're at the dealership's mercy. I need you to appraise my car. I got this interest rate. You're upside down. So you're dealing with the mercy of the dealership saying, 
I hope my car is worth this much so I can get out of it mm -hmm. versus I'm going to walk away from this car. If you're the type of person to say, heck yeah, here's the keys on to the next car. Just like an apartment, you may have a $500 security deposit and you can eat that up but saying, okay, I'm going to move over here because I like these apartments better. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. These people in the mentality are like, I like this car. But no, they just came out with this one. I got to have that one. If you're that person, you know what I'm saying? If you're now, you got some people like my wife or some people, they keep their cars forever. That's a buyer. Mm -hmm. That is a buyer. But here's the trick. If you are a creature of habit and your credit, a lot of people are trying to keep up. Here's a secret I'll give to your, to your, to your, to your cross the line. Okay. A lot of people are trying to keep up with people that's least. Hmm. Let that sink in. When you got the people that, hey, I got to get the new because somebody, they don't realize they're always trading out their cars. Mm. But they thinking, okay, I got to trade out of mine because now when people, the term keeping up with the Joneses is doing yeah, what? They trying to keep up with them. You're trying to keep up with somebody who's leasing. And that person that's leasing, it's not hurting them every time that they get a car. Right. But every time you trade out of a car, you're adding, you're putting yourself in a bigger hole because you weren't completely paid off on this car. That's a completely good looking car, good running car, but something just said, yeah, I think I want the new blah, blah, blah. For what? Okay. Because something got you ready to buy. And now you're taking whatever you owe left on this car, which is a payoff. You're dumping that on top of this other car. And then who knows if you did it then four more years later, five more years you may do it again. So it's kind of, you got to break that cycle. But a lot of people are keeping up with people who are leasing because mm -hmm. people would, that's the smartest way to buy. If you're buying a, a big, nice, luxurious car, you get a $60,000 car. It's going to appreciate when you buy it. True. Guess what? Not me. I'm going to, um, I'm going to enjoy it for three years. And if I love it, I'll go ahead and buy the, the back end of it. Mm -hmm. So that's the secret about leasing is you can go ahead and buy the car. And if you're going to buy the car, miles don't matter. You can drive from here to Mexico every day and put a thousand miles on it. If you're going to buy it, it does not affect you leasing the car. It will not. There's no penalty. We'll buy the car off of it and you kind of buy the car back. Now, now when you're buying the car, oh, I know a lot of it depends on your credit. It's, it's best to, if you can, not put any money down or should you put something down on the car? Based off of the score, Carlos, you want to put, you want to come in with some money down. It makes the banks look like, okay, this guy's invested. He's not just coming here to get something free. It's kind of like if you go and you, uh, if you're doing an interview or you're going somewhere, and you see somebody with everything with this setup, okay? You're looking at his microphones are incredible. He has everything hooked up. He's with them. You're looking at this guy like he's invested he's in invested himself. In Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the banks are going to invest in you, show the banks how bad or how much you like them to invest in you. So it's kind of like this. If you got a trade, paid off trade, that's positive equity. But when you come with a car that, yeah, man, I still owe money, or if you bought a car to buy here, pay here, that it's a $1,000 car, but you owe $5,000 on it, you're coming in there with negative equity. You need to put money down. I would always say put 15% down because your taxes alone in South Carolina, it's $500 alone just to cover your, your state tax. Mm -hmm. So at least if you can come in and say, yeah, I got $500 from, you know, I can cover my taxes. Cool. But the main idea is 
if your credit score is really good, you don't really need to put money down because it doesn't cover. Now, if your credit is like mine, um, putting money down, um, it, it does take a considerable chunk out of it. For every $1,000 you put down, it lowers your payment 20 bucks. Okay. But if your credit's A1, you're talking a dollar to every $10. There's no point. If you're getting a 2.9 and a 3.4, it's no difference. It ain't. It's not even going to make a difference. But if you're getting like a 10% interest rate, especially if you're getting a high 20% interest rate, you want to put money down. Uh, one more car question. Um. What would you say is typically the best time, or is it a best time? Like, is it a seasonal thing to where it's the perfect time to buy a car? A lot of people always say you wait till. Um, no, a lot of people wait till tax season. Right, tax season, end of the year. You get the end of the year when the different models are starting to come out and they want to move it. What people don't realize. That applies to cars. They say they don't want to pay taxes on cars. There's a weight limit that goes with cars. It stops right at SUVs, like the bigger SUVs. So any SUV that's a, um, I'd say a third rule pathfinder, those are excluded from the tax exemptions. So when they say that they need to move a car, go to the last day of the month. Any month, you go to the last day of the month, especially if a dealership is real close to hitting their numbers. What they're going to do is they're going to make you an offer. But the only catch about that is if you go to the last day or the last two days, you only have one day to make that decision. Reason why you got that left, because all the rebates and incentives, they go away at the end of the month. Every month is a different program. So if they're telling you they can do $5,000 off on the car on the last day, or they giving you this crazy amount for your trade to get you to be that last deal, and you say, I think I need two days or another. They can't. They literally are not lying to you when they tell you at the end of the month. If you come at the beginning of the month, you got 30 days to think about it. If you come on the first, you got to the 30th to think about doing it. But they're going to get real aggressive at the end of the month and say, hey, this is the last deal of the night. This is the last day. We don't want you to leave. This is what we can offer. And they say this deal changes the next day. They're telling the truth. Welcome back. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode of Cross the Line. And let's get started with the giveaway. The first segment, we will be doing the book bags first. Now, the keyword is faith. F-A-I-T-H. Once again, the keyword is faith. F-A-I-T-H. Now that you have the correct answer, inbox me and then we'll select the winner. Stay tuned because next we'll be giving away the $250 gift cards to Foot Locker. Once again, $250 gift cards to Foot Locker. So stay tuned and let's get back to the show. Let's uh, transition to something else. Um, when we when we first talked on the phone uh, a while back, a few months ago, you were telling me some of the things you were going through and you were saying that you experienced some death in the family. Yes. How did that affect you? Well, I lost my brother... And my dad, back to back, my brother died right after I had just sold, I believe, like it was like 27 cars. Mm. And I just got this trophy. And I was going to a client's house, drinking coffee. I was literally delivering the car, drinking coffee, selling the car to a client. Because I like, you know, that's something. But I like to offer that, where I can mm -hmm. go to your house and we, we do the deal at the home. And I remember I was drinking coffee. My mom said, my brother is in the emergency room. Just go check on him. Boom, boom, boom. And I kind of was like, okay, when I get back to work, I'm going to go by there. 
So I definitely went back to work, and I was, and his hospital was right beside my job. And make a long story short, when I was there, um, what what I learned in life was I didn't get to see him. I went to the hospital, and I guess they already moved him to the other side. So what I learned was this, man, when my brother passed, I mean, first he was 39 years old. Nobody started coming. He was the he was the the, the, the son who didn't drink and party like me. He was alcohol-free, didn't smoke cigarettes to see his help where people just don't know, you know, how soon they can be taken away. You know, I, I, I turned to art and I started painting it. It's really what my therapy was, but... When a month after, I'm sorry, a year after that, my dad passed that New Year's Eve. So what I've learned is time is the most important thing in life. It's not money. You live life one heartbeat at a time because you cannot get that heartbeat back. Mm -hmm. If you live life understanding this, I want when people see me, like you said, you don't know who's watching your strength and your motivation can motivate somebody. So when somebody says, man, how does Jeff go to work? How is he so happy all the time? How is he always posting videos? How is he able to sell all these cars? How is he always just up to something interesting and he's smiling? Because, you know, you don't know when people are watching you. They're going to say, man, if he can do it, why can't I? If he can go to work and do this, if he can smile, how, how am I to to cry, how am I to be mad at what I got going on? Mm-hmm. And that's really what I've gotten out of this is, man, um, you know, when, when when life is so precious, at the same time I've lost both of these people, you know, my son was born right at the age, you know, when, when my brother, he he remembers his name, he remembers him through a picture, he probably remembers being held by him, but you get to see this life grow, at the same time you get to keep somebody's memory, so when both of them passed, man, that just really just showed me, like, you know, you you only have the moment that God's blessed you and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. If it's something you want to do, something you've been putting off, a goal, a, a, an accomplishment, man, you have the time to go get it. And don't worry about money. I know money is important. Money keep your lights on, but you can gain money back. You can lose a house. You can get another house. You can lose a car. You can get another car. But you cannot get back another heartbeat. So, Absolutely. like I said, live that heartbeat, one heartbeat at a time. Did you, when they passed, did you lose faith or ever question God as to why it happened to you? Uh, as 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 much as I like to 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 elaborate, and I'm really glad you asked me that because I needed to be asked this question. Um, when I remember reading about what's the guy Job or what's is it was it Jacob the guy who. Um, I don't think it was Jacob. It might have been Job. Is that the gentleman who he loved God so much? And he always was so happy. He was all, he loved God so much. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the devil asked God for permission to, to, to challenge this guy. Because I said, no wonder he loves you so much. Because he has the best life. If you let me do this to him. And God was like, do whatever you want. Don't touch him. So, Basically, I remember he lost all his livestock. God didn't curse God, no matter what. Then he made his he made him he made his family die or something. And the guy was like, and when the devil came every time, it was like he still won't bad. He still won't say nothing bad about God. And I remember the cat said, uh, 
He he lost his 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 family. He killed all his family. And the guy still didn't curse God. So he lost everything. And the devil said to God, Can I can I make him real sick, like close to dying? He said, Do whatever you want to him, but you can't kill him. And this guy went through everything and he did not curse God. He questioned God. His friends came to him, like, why? Like, look at what God's all done to you. Like, how are you still not saying nothing bad? Did the guy question it? He's he did, but he didn't say anything bad. But at the end, he said, Who am I to question you? Like, literally, the moral of that is, you've done all this, but you are so great, and I'm just a man. Like, who am I to even think that I can even question you, whatever you're doing? So my thing is, is uh, it's built to make me stronger. Mm-hmm. He he got me through this because he needs me to to become who he has set for me to become, you know, and, and in everything. So my thing is, it's that whole iron and forged or that steel he needed He's he's making God is God is making me stronger, so I can't question him. He needed my heart to become stronger. He needed that forged steel to beat that steel mm-hmm. with that iron to make that sword. He needed to prepare me, and that's how you do it. You beat that steel, you repair it, you forge it. You got that iron that's hot, um, that's at the gate kind of mentality. So I didn't question it. I just. The only thing I could say was, you say, man, I mean, what else more can I endure? What mm-hmm. else more can I take, God? Because we know you won't put nothing on me that I can't handle. So you must think I can handle a lot because it doesn't stop. When you think it can't get worse, guess what? Something can get worse. So you can't be like, okay, God, I know you gave me this, so it can't get any worse. Because every time you say that, it can get worse. So it's kind of like you just... You say thank you for letting me be alive and be able to hold my family. You know what I'm saying? Be able to touch my mom, to hug my wife, hug my son, smell air, walk, talk, you know. So that's it. You're still able to do something, you know. Be thankful. Absolutely. Let's let's change gears uh, one more time. Um, let's switch to sports. Uh, I know back at the Salvation Army, I know uh, Debo came around sometime. Mm-hmm. Talk a little about, bit about Debo and the game cup. Well, what Debo is bigger than the Gamecocks because Debo is—he's the Salvation Army. He's Spartanburg. He's Chesney. He's—he's—he's mm-hmm. he's, he's all that. I mean, you get a lot of people that come out here and are proud of the upstate for making it happen. But Debo, particularly for what I would say versus him versus a lot of people that's making it around here and doing good in sports, is Debo was that kid at the Salvation Army that. The kids knew the kids played football with the kids played basketball with. He was one of the kids to where they can see him. Now that hope is for those kids that were playing little league football to say, man, you know what? I'm going to go to college. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go be here because they literally rub shoulders, bump their bowls. They, 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 they banged in the paint with that young man. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is, you know, as far as basketball, I remember having to go on those trips where we had to take the kids to Greensboro. It was a big, it was called Hoop, uh, one was called Hoop Dreams, and it was another big basketball tournament where they come as far as Texas to find out which Salvation Army had the best team. And the long story short is, um, with all those kids from from 
six years old on up, all of us are on this bus. All these kids are there. He is um, just a good example. He's a good dude, and he's just an example to show, like, I want to be the next Debo. Mm-hmm. And what that inspires is, is uh, you can be the next anybody. You don't have to come from a NBA player DNA. You can just be this kid that's just dedicated, doing what he's doing. They see that this guy's real. They see this guy's, he, he walks and talks and, and, and goes to the same McDonald's that you eat at. Like, imagine when you have that connection to that guy, what he can put into the kids that he knows. So he can so once he transitions and get out of sports, let's say once he goes, you know, for first of all, he's doing his thing, right? Absolutely. He's doing his thing. But imagine I think he'll be playing on Sundays. He better be playing on Sundays. Be playing on and Sunday. he better get his car from either me or another coworker. <laughs> he is his um his his best friend, one of his closest friends, um, mother sells cars where I'm at. So they got a real good relationship. But when 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 you have him so imagine what he can tell those kids, like when he's transitioning, when he's going into culture, like when the game's going away, imagine the the mentorship that uh, Debo was going to be able to say that, man, you know what, when to keep me out of trouble or I had sports, I had the support group because that man got a support group. Absolutely. He has a real strong support group. So when he's able to tell those kids, like, you know, that's playing pickup ball, like, you know, they, they, they all say, hey, that's Debo. And. He's the type of dude, he's going to talk to you just like a regular dude. So mm-hmm. imagine how accessible when kids may need to call and get advice or to get help or somebody who's going to lead in the right direction and say, hey, if I could have done it this way, I'd have done that. So, you know, he's representing the bird. He's, representing, he's representing the bird to the fullest, man. And I, and I think that's really important because, you know, for kids who, actually, who's, who, are, who are around this area and they can grow up and see him, somebody from their area grow up and do things like that on a bigger mm-hmm. platform that makes them feel like they can do it as well. Kind of brings me back to a book. I, I I keep talking about this book because it just lets people know how, how really good this book is. It's called the worst times are the best times by coach Lavelle Moe from North Carolina, coach in North Carolina Central. And he talks about how he grew up in, in Boston and how new edition was from the, his mm-hmm. neighborhood and how, you know, how he saw how those guys went on tour. He saw them on TV and everything. So that made him want to get a group together and, and try to do the same things he that he did, that he um that a New Edition did. So it's just like somebody from your area that you can relate to. Because it's, it's a lot of different, bigger names out there or whatever. But when you see somebody from your area, it means so much more to you. So I think that's why a lot of people support Debo. And I know, and I hate that he got hurt last year because I believe if he would have stayed healthy, I kept saying it, that I think that they would have won the SEC East. Bro, think about this, man. For that injury and what we talked about with God and what's different things, he 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 put that on him because it's a humbling thing. Maybe we don't know that that may make him come back even hungry because he missed the game mm-hmm. so much to, to almost have it taken away. It's kind of like when Adrian Peterson went through his thing. He came back unstoppable. So mm-hmm. it's kind of one of the things that, like, you know, for to say, God, you know, put put me, you know, why, why this happened. It's kind of one of the things where he's going to come back and he's going to be better than ever because when you when you take something away, it's like imagine if somebody, somebody lost their vision for a day. They would appreciate everything they seen with their eyes the next day. You can see for a week. And they say, "Bam! You got your, you got your, you got your eyes back. You gonna see colors and see details that you didn't look at the stuff that you looked at before." So, and that thing of uh, 
a, a, a great note on, on, on Debo and some of these people, you know, they get managers, they get this and that. It's, it's impossible to talk to them. Debo is kind of been Debo where, you know what I'm saying, like, you see him, like, still, he's still going to come by, Debo. see you wearing jogging pants and, and, and just go see you. And so that's a big thing with him is because of where he came from, you know, versus the, there's a lot of different superstars or people around here. You just don't have access to them. And I understand support systems are different. But when I told you he's Spartanburg, it's kind of like, a, you know, you, you can you can if the person needs to reach out or something with he, he's he's accessible. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to make him more uh, relatable and, and, and just great is because he's, he's not going to forget his roots. Absolutely. I guarantee he if that center is still there, I guarantee that young man's going to pour into it. Mm-hmm. And that's just him because he's not going to forget where he came from. Yep, welcome back. Hope you guys have been enjoying this episode just as much as I have. Now, this segment will be giving away the $250 gift cards. So, once again, $250 gift cards, and there will be two winners. So, let's get started. The key word for the gift card is jump. J U M P. Once again, that is jump. J U M P. Now, before we get out of here, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in to this episode. Thank you for all the love and support that you've been showing me. Um, if you have the time, make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes. Hope you, hope you, hopefully you can learn some things from those as well as in the future because there will be more episodes. There will be more giveaways in the future. So once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get back to the show. That's big. I think that's always important to never forget where you came from. Like you said, sometimes when people get on a bigger platform, more money. They get an agent. You got to talk to me. You can't talk to me. You got a booking manager. Exactly. You need me to talk. You can't talk to me first. You got to mm-hmm. go through this person. And I think that's a lot of times that may cause people to, you know, not really care for you as much because they're like, man, you were just like us. You're from the same place that we're from. And now all of a sudden, you're different now. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't, you're not, you're not able to talk to us like you used to. But, I love when people come back home and support. And I know he'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I know Debo's a good kid. But uh, let's talk about what do you think they'll do this year? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not an SEC guy, mm-hmm. but I like to see um, the Gamecocks win a little more than Clemson because everybody in Clemson is deserving of every win. But the Gamecocks, you know, when they win, they fought hard to win. So with knowing what's going on, I mean, they got the quarterback where they need the quarterback. You know, they're talking, you know, that, that quarterback they got some real deal. Yeah. So you get so you get Debo. Um, I like the way that coach and I've been saying where he's going defensively, I like how they attack the ball. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, I will say this. It depends on where um first of all where the SEC is going to go. I think after that after that bowl game to see what a passing quarterback can just go from sitting on the bench to passing, mm-hmm. I think it's going to open up a lot of these SEC schools aren't going to be as run heavy. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, I think, um, you know, those guys got a chance. If, if their corners are playing how they can, how, they they can look, mm-hmm. if their corners are there, because you got to think, you got some quarterbacks, people are starting to say, Hey, if they beat us with a guy that can come off the bench and, and throw a ball, that means we're going to have to be prepared to, to to stop not just the running, just the great running backs that come out of this, but uh, just see what they're going to do. I would say maybe they'll come 
you know, second in their in their in their in their conference. Um, I just don't know. Georgia's trying to do something. Georgia's trying to do mm-hmm. their thing. Um, and of course you always got Alabama. So uh, I would say this, man, let's just hope they just beat Clemson. They, they just it's time they need to beat Clemson. That's see, what I'm worried about. I um we when I had Coach Cox on, we we had to talk about it and we made our predictions earlier. This was back maybe like February. And he said that he went he he would take Georgia to win the ACC at the time. And I told him I said it last year, and I said it, I'm gonna say it again now. <laughs> I think if Debo can stay healthy, I think he is the key. Debo stays healthy, I think the uh, South Carolina they win the East. If, if they I stay think he's healthy, the key. what did they? Out of curiosity, he's that slash. He can be so many places, but who yep. else do they have to complement? Oh, they receive. They, they have they have Debo, and then they have our kid from Jones, with Shaw Smith. Uh, okay, he's, heard he, about he's him. a talent. Heard about he's him. talent and. Uh, Brian Edwards, he's deep. They, now they lost the tight end. I was going to say that tight end was that, that, that was an NFL. Mm-hmm. You lost an NFL tight end. That's hard to replace. But the receivers that they have, and the different the different guys they can put in at running back. I, if, if Bentley can come along, takes another step. But Debo, I think if he, he's the key, I think if he stays oh, healthy, yes. man, because I think he'll be the best receiver in the ACC. He will be. He he's will be. Time, you think they're gonna put him at special teams? Because now after what happened, they're gonna uh, keep receiver because he's getting off. I think they'll put him back there sometimes. Probably not all the time, but I, I think they'll definitely um, use him back there. Well, they're better in, in general. Something you said that I, that I think is going in with him back in general. They're mm-hmm. a better team because they got. A Mm-hmm. Him just in general, his presence makes everybody there better. When him being on that roster in a playing jersey will make the rest like that'll make the other teams first off, they gotta worry about number one. Second of all, imagine how good the team is like when you got a basketball game and you know you're playing a team that has better, bigger, that's supposed to have a better record than you, but you got your best guy out there, mm-hmm. everybody feel like, hey man, we got a chance we could win. Like we got him. That's like I felt it in basketball when you keep waiting on you know you saying hey so and so comes up we got a chance and you kind of know he's not going to be able to play now you got this guy in the field it makes everybody believe they can win yeah yeah absolutely because I think what happened to them last year when they lost to Kentucky early in the year was that was a game he actually got hurt mm-hmm. and it seems like when you lose your leader it, it seems like that hurts you so yeah. they I, I I didn't expect them to win that game and then they went into A and M. And they lost to AM. And then the money was on the table to beat Georgia, but and they just couldn't capitalize early. And then Clemson, they just fell apart. But I, <laughs> they were just a disaster. But I think this year, as long as Devo's on the team, I think the sky's yes, the limit and they'll win that game. Let's go to one more um, sports topic. Uh, LeBron, LeBron, and going to the Lakers, what was your thought? I mean, who didn't see it coming? I mean, as funny as this, I was playing 2K a month, like right after the witch call, I already started using LA, just to get mm-hmm. used to using LA. Um, my thing is, is I see it as a, I don't see it as a move for championship. I see it as a career winding down, settling down, move for the after NBA move. People think about the championships, he's won championships, he has great numbers that's going to put him as a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my thing is, is with that team, he's going to bring the Showtime back. Showtime, Showtime is going to be back in the playoffs. But with that, with, with them, I was like Golden State. That's not going to stop. But here's the thing: you bring one more superstar over there. That's a good team. 
It's not going to be big enough to beat that. Not big enough to beat Golden State. But you mean to tell me if LA is gets deep in the playoffs, you got LeBron. I mean, he has everything that it takes to be a like He has everything. I just don't like the fact that hey, we're always comparing him to Kobe. We're always comparing him to Jordan. We bet now he's swapped. So many teams. This has to be his last team. Mm-hmm. But what do you give up to get that superstar? That's my thing. His name can bring a superstar, but mm-hmm. I believe there's not going to be another big move this year. I think LeBron's going to see what he has, maybe get another veteran yep. in there, but I think trying to get another superstar, that won't happen this year. Right. They'll just play it out, get him some help, but LA has, as long as LeBron gets into the playoffs, he oh, has yeah, a chance to get to the finals. They're going to get to the finals' hands. I mean, as far as that, if they can get past Houston, Houston lost a big stone because when they lost that other guy, yep. that's a problem. I think the only reason Golden State got Cousins, okay, um, and I'm going to say this, get right back on your question. They got Durant to get past LeBron. Mm-hmm. And go, they knew with the team we got, we barely got by and got lucky on this one. They won without KD. Mm-hmm. They got him there and said, we got to get KD because we got something that's going to be able to handle LeBron. Now, the way that series went with Houston that they almost lost, they realized, okay, Houston's got our number, so we need to get something to make sure we can get past Houston. So that's where the Boogie Cousins signing comes in because they don't have an answer for that guy. They had an answer for the same style of play to shoot tip for tat to do the switches, but now that you added that type of bid, mm-hmm. Houston doesn't have an answer for that. So that's what that move was for. It wasn't about dominance. It was about that's the exact thing they need to do to beat them. Now, what is LeBron going to do? You got, I believe, uh, LeBron's going to get the mentor and make everybody better. But you're going to have Lonzo Ball starting with Rondo as a mentor. Rondo's mentorship is going to be on the court more than what people realize because both of them are going to be the same guy on the court, but you want Rondo for playoffs. Rondo is a different guy in the playoffs. So you get LeBron, Lonzo, please tell me they keep my main man, uh, Ingman. Ingram. He's, he's, he's going to be special. You move Kyle Kuzman at the two or you sit there. They got the other, you put your, uh, you put your other guy. Oh man, I forgot about Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Mm -hmm. So you put LeBron with that team. I hate to say it outside of the Miami team their first year. This may be the best thing. Uh, I'm going to say it why. I'm going to tell you why. Health-wise, you don't know if Kevin Love's going to be healthy. You got Kyrie, which the way they play off the ball. I love Kyrie. I'm glad Kyrie went over there. But I think because you kind of had a bumping of heads between those two is why I'm saying that. Because Kyrie, underlyingly, okay, he really wasn't expecting LeBron to come back. He wanted it to be his team. So now you got a, a, a group of people who, like, Nobody is going to challenge and say, LeBron, this is your team. Give us all the knowledge you have. I think you're going to see a different type of LeBron, first of all, because he's going to be in a situation where he's he's that guy. I just don't think, I think between him and Kyrie, Irvin as Kyrie went there when LeBron left. Imagine you go and, and somebody leaves. Now you're the main man in this house, Okay. Now you try to do your best, and you've established yourself saying you want to be a superstar. But then that person back. comes back, say, "All right, I'm going to move into this house, and I'm going to get the master bedroom." I, I just think I, that's how it. I see mm-hmm. it. I so it. now they love playing. They both had two incredible talents on the same team, but 
I just think when you put K-Love, you don't know, you got the veteran minimums they put out there, but this is some youth that's on this team. I don't know how, and they're saying that LeBron's going to play without the ball. He's open to do this because you got two playmakers. Mm-hmm. You got some people that can play defense. You've got the squad. The only thing is, is I like to see what he's going to do with all them, them young guys with those springs in their knees. They're going to be bouncing. They're going to be throwing. It's going to be incredible. I think he's just got to – he's going to have to bite the bullet this year. Because oh, yeah. basically – I'm a Lakers fan, and honestly, I'm looking at it as, okay, we just really need to just sit tight and basically don't really give up a lot of key pieces no. because Golden State is going to win it again this year. I yes, mean, sir. It, it's a done deal. Even if DeMarcus Cousins comes in and give him 15 points, 12 to 15 points a game, that's still really, really good on top of what, I, what they already have. So if he can just give them that much, that's, okay. that's still good enough for them to win. But but for the Lakers, they I think with the U, I'm, I'm not the biggest Lonzo Ball fan. But you give him that mentorship of who he's going to work with. Because yeah, he has, remember Jason Kidd when he first came to the league. Jason Kidd could not really shoot that good. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? He worked on his game. He's like yep. fifth all time in three pointers. Mm-hmm. The first three years of his career, he could not shoot. Yep. So imagine you get a guy that's 6'6. Six, six, but the thing is, Rondo can't shoot either, though. But Rondo will get he can, he can see the, the floor. playoffs. Yeah, he can see the floor. Yeah, so, so, so. You add, we don't know what other pieces they're going to add. You know what I'm saying? But imagine, you, you I just they need wouldn't, a three, three point. I just wouldn't gut my team to get Kawhi. No. I, don't, I don't think I will give up Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball just to get Kawhi. You're going to make somebody else better. Exactly. Somebody's going to get better for that guy when you can wait. Now, I will suggest this. I don't think Kawhi is going to be at San Antonio the whole year because what I think is going to happen is, and if, before All-Star game in February, some team's going to say, because San Antonio can't let him go for nothing. Right. So if you're me, I'm not going to let him go. You tell me you don't want to play for me, but you want to play for them. There's no way I'm going to let you go there. But the thing is, I'm going to rent you out for uh, before All-Star game to say, whatever team wants to make that, believe they got a playoff contender chance, is going to make an offer for oh, him boy. in February to say, all right, well, you know and I know he's going to leave you. So how about you go ahead and let us get this guy for the rest of the season, and we're going to give you some pick. We're going to give you something. I'll do it in a heartbeat because he's yeah. going to leave you for nothing. That's so true. February, we're going to see where he's going, and that's going to really be crazy because it's going to be to somebody that maybe say, hey, you know, you may not. I know you want to go to L.A., but we can't really get in the playoffs. That's why we wanted you to push us here, and who knows who that team is. Could it be a Boston? Could it be a could it be a Portland now that your man talking about leaving? We don't know, but hey, wait till February, and that's going to be a big the biggest move is going to be in February. Yeah, I think they just have to. I think San Antonio will prefer to send them to the East, though. I would that way, they don't have to go through them. So I think they'll send them to the East. It's just how much are you going to give up to get them? That's the key. And you know, San Antonio, they have to move them, like you said, because they will you end up not get anything. But, you know, like I'm back to the Lakers, I think you just got to sit tight and just wait and let the chips fall. What, what, what record or what seed do you think they'll be in the playoffs? Give me the play. Give me your, as of right now, if you had to pick the day, mm. give me your, uh, uh, just give me your top. Yeah, yeah, give me your top. Gold, I still top say Golden State, um, Houston. <laughs> 
I can see, I think Utah. I'll give her the answer. Nobody talking about Utah. Mitchell. What about Minnesota? Nah. The Lakers would be better than Minnesota. Okay, okay, okay. I be I, I, okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I would like to see who else they can add to the team, but I think LeBron can get them to about maybe four, five, somewhere, somewhere around four or five. Okay, so you got 40, 40 games, 45 games. They can win about 45 games. Yeah, they can get. All right, I, I can give LeBron forty five games. That's Heck yeah. But uh, it just they they won't they won't win at all. I mean, this Golden State has it already wrapped up. Okay, Western time. Finals. Will they make it to the Western Finals? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It it just depends. Um, I still I still will give Houston a, a edge over them. Okay. To get to the Conference Finals right now. But I, I think they'll get at least to the second round, just depending on the matchup. And I, and I like Denver, too. Denver's, Denver has a, a really mm-hmm. good team with Jokic and Millsap and a lot of those younger guys. They, they got a lot of talent, too. And, and of course, Portland, if they, I think they just need one more piece as well. They're trying to – they're about to lose a piece. Now, if they lose Lillard, then, yeah, they. I think they fall out of the play. So what if those time. guys make a swap? We gave you Kawhi for Lillard. Then Portland goes – to number two, if they get Kawhi, <laughs> if they if they get Kawhi, they they jump over Houston. Ooh. But I, I don't think that's that's, that's going to happen though. But it, but you never know. Anything can happen. San Antonio, they the time is ticking on them, so they got to make a move. Yeah. One last question before we get out of here. Yes, what, sir. What is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to serve God, man. I'll put yeah. that out there. Uh, whatever would allow me to, 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 to personally feel you can never serve him enough that you're satisfied, but whatever place that I need to be at, that he wants me to be at, I need to get there. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's where I'm at now, if it's in this city, if it's selling cards, if it's, if it's wherever he wants me to be at, I need to be patient and let him put me there until until I feel that I would say my personal goal is I love um, I mean I love attention I love doing you know my art shows um, anything I love being out there in the community I love doing business people to people business but the ultimate goal my ultimate thing and want is to know that I can personally feel that I'm giving God the most I have with the free time that I have and if he knows your heart to know that it's it's all for him, everything I do is you know is for him first, then family, then my own happiness. I just want to make sure that um, you know at the end of the day, you know it's not about people question questioning it. Like man, like that's left field or I can see or whatever's going on to be like you know, um, he's he's getting all the glory that he can get for whatever I'm doing. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you. I appreciate you for stopping by and sitting down with me again. Uh, Real quick before we get out of here, can you give people your information, social media, how to find you? Okay, you can find me, of course, on Jeff Wilkins on Facebook. I also have Jeff and the Car Buying Experience is my car sales page, which is on Facebook. Instagram, Mouth of the South. M-O-U-T-H of the South is spelled with an S-O-U-F. Okay? I'm at Benson Nissan, Benson Kia doing internet sales. So I'm accessible. Do Lowe's, do anybody, mm-hmm. uh, 
you have access to me. If you have any car buying questions, I'll give you the answer. You don't have to buy from me. If you're thinking about buying a car and you want to know if this car here is a good car to buy, you guys give me a VIN number. I'll let you know about the car. It's not about you buying from me. I'd rather you guys be happy, taken care of, and know that, hey, Jeff gave me some advice. Uh, my number, you can call me at 864-237-7730. And, uh, you know, when you see something with Jeff Wilkins going on with these art shows, support the artist movement in South Carolina. I'll tell you, it's a lot of artists and amazing talent here. When you see something, go to these art shows. Bring these younger kids so they can see not just the sports or, you know, the music, see all this talent we got here. And just reach out and, and let me help you, or, uh, or maybe you can help me with something that I'm doing. I appreciate it, y'all. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Cross Line Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.